Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sanders Facts. Oh, yeah. Hello, everyone. What is happening? It is the Xander's Facts Podcast. I am the aforementioned Xander. It is episode two. We have made it to the second episode of the Xander's Facts Podcast here in the week of Wednesday, February 10th of the year 2021. I thank you all for supporting us throughout this past week into this week for the beginning of our podcast it has been remarkable the support we've gotten i really appreciate it and you can continue to support us remember to subscribe download give us a five-star rating hand us out a nice review if you're feeling so generous and remember xander's facts that handle on twitter facebook and instagram go like it all we got other stuff there that you might enjoy that we're going to put out some content on those platforms. So we hope you subscribe to us there. This week's a big week. Last week we were all in the sports. We were talking about the big game that happened on Sunday. And we'll talk about that too. I've got my special guest. I was telling you I was going to have a guest. We've got a very, very special guest that I've got here He chatted with me about the big game that happened this past Sunday. We're going to recap that, all of it, halftime show, commercials, the actual game for those that actually care, including me. We'll talk about that all with my special guests that I promised to you all, and I never make promises that I cannot deliver on. (laughs) Remember that here on the Zader's Facts podcast. But also last week, uh, you know, that was a long show. (laughs) We're going to try to keep these shows a little shorter. I mean, that was... That was pretty long. Plus, we got a guest. So hopefully that will take time away from me ranting because I got a lot of stuff to rant about today. I got a lot of stuff on my mind. Most of it is in the political world. And now I know what some of you are thinking. Oh, no. Politics. (laughs) Hold on. I'm about to give you Xander's facts on it all. They may not be what you agree with. They may be, but here's the thing that I want to have here on my podcast. I want to have guests who share my views, and I want to have guests who oppose my views. Because if we just stick to these, you know, camps on the left and the right, that doesn't help us. So before you before you turn this off, <laughs> stay it on. You know, keep an open mind. Because I'm going to have guests who agree and disagree on here. Xander's facts and everybody's facts. (laughs) All right. So, it is impeachment time, ladies and gentlemen, in Washington. How about that? Impeachment time. It's impeachment trial number two. So, we're recording this Tuesday night. Night before this comes out. Tuesday night, February 9th. The first day of the impeachment trial of Donald Trump. The second trial for him has begun today we're going to talk about that talk about background here let's give you a little bit of background there have been four impeachment trials in the history of the united states of america we got to go all the way back to 1868 
to find the first one, President Andrew Johnson, the one that came after President Abraham Lincoln. He was impeached by the House. He was almost convicted by the Senate. He was one vote short of being convicted. 35 to 19 was that vote. And, of course, um, the rules have always been you need a two-thirds majority in the Senate to convict an official or a president or whatever. And there were a lot less senators back then. There were a lot less states in 1868. Go back 100 years into the future from then, 1998 and 99. You all know what I'm talking about. Bill Clinton, we all know what he did. His charges were uh, perjury and obstruction of justice. He was impeached by the Republican-led House. That vote in the Senate wasn't really close for conviction. He was pretty easily acquitted there. And then we go to last year, in 2019 and 2020, we can say that year without wincing. Donald Trump, who was the previous president, was impeached for abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. Remember that um, it was this was right after the Mueller report had come out, and he thought it was free to go. And then he calls Ukraine, and he says, I'd like a favor to ask you. Well, that favor <laughs> with, the, with the server that was fake and... Well, that cost him an impeachment. So he became the third sitting president to have been impeached. Uh, that vote in the Senate for conviction wasn't even close. It was a Republican-held Senate. Of course, you need two-thirds vote. And I think one Republican, Mitt Romney, voted for conviction. Uh, that wasn't close. He was easily acquitted. Now we jump into the present, 2021. We are in mid-February. But all this goes back to January 6th. So January 6th was the day Congress, the vice president, was meeting at the Capitol building to certify the results of the Electoral College vote that would certify that the winners of the election were Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. But Trump didn't like that. <laughs> he did like, he thought he won, which of course he didn't. This whole fraudulent election BS that has been spewed on the airwaves of the fringe media outlets is what the president has been after. The former president now has been after. He's been talking about. And so, I mean, this wasn't a spur-of-the-moment thing that happened. I mean, we all know what happened. This whole mob, it, was, it wasn't even protests, not even riots. It was a mob of people who wanted to stop a democratic process, a process that's outlined in the Constitution, because their guy didn't win. So because they, those people who were there have been brainwashed by these media outlets to believe that the election was fraudulent when it was not. I mean, we had dozens and dozens of court cases that proved this. Trump-appointed judges said, oh, what are you talking about? There's no fraud here. Of course, when you've got Rudy Giuliani and <laughs> Rudy, Sidney Powell, I mean, these people who are representing you, I don't think you're going to get much of a case, but I mean, there were tons of cases and they didn't get helped at all. They said there was no fraud in this election. This was a free and fair election. And it was. But Trump didn't think so. So now we've got him rambling off on the Twitter. He was, he was still on the Twitter back then. This was November to 
December, uh, talking about all that. So then, January 6th comes around. They've got this whole rally plan, this whole stage up there, and Trump's going to give a big speech. And so he gives a 70-minute speech where all these people from all around the country have come together to listen to the president and fight for him. And so, at this speech, Trump says, we'll never give up, we'll never concede. If you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. That's a quote. It's the truth. I, I, I don't have a country anymore. Talking about Mike Pence. Oh, oh no. Oh, how could you, Mike Pence? How could you not stop this? <laughs> so saying, Mike Pence needs to do what needs to be done. And if he doesn't do what needs to be done... Well, there should be consequences. All these things, all these sayings that you go back and listen to them and look at them and you're like, of course he's inciting violence. Are you kidding me? He said this, quote, we're going to walk down to the Capitol. He said, we, he didn't go. He chickened out and we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. And he wasn't even talking about Democrats. <laughs> Republicans. Republicans who would not participate in his charade. This crazy thing that's, you know, what are you talking? This is the fringe, right of the right, the cues, the parlors, all this stuff has been brought to the mainstream now. And the Republican Party, the establishment, uh, they have no clue what is going on. When you've got Mitch McConnell out there saying the president, what is he doing? A Republican president. Mitch the turtle. I, I, come on. It wasn't just him who was out there. He had his son. Oh, Donnie Boy Jr. <laughs> Rudy. Donald... Uh, Junior saying, we're going to come get you. Rudy's saying, fight light by combat. And all these people, they're out for blood. I mean, these people are like, let's go. No one's going to stop us. And so one of those big arguments is, well, from the Trump side, of course, after today, after Tuesday, I mean, can you really say there's an argument on the Trump side? I mean, that was incredible. The people he had representing him in the Senate today? I mean, oh my gosh. <laughs> what was that? I only caught snippets of that, but holy cow. Uh, you know, we'll get into that a little bit, but, you know, I don't know if they have an argument, but what they were saying was this was planned. It was spur of the moment. Well, it was planned. Because on January 30th, Trump tweeted, simple tweet, January 6th, see you in D.C. Well, <laughs> well, clearly, he was planning something. I mean, that whole stage didn't come up there for nothing. They planted bombs near the Capitol and the headquarters of the parties in Washington. And no, all those people from across the country didn't show up. People from Hawaii were there. The PBs. Proud, ugh. We're not going to talk about them. People from all over. They were planning for this. They knew, because of their leader, what was going on on this day. 
January 6th. They said, it's going to be a revolution. Something big is going to happen. You wait and see. You're going to be shocked. They were planning something. And the president was right there. Yeah, he, he's, he's not the victim here. And all this, oh, uh, I mean, he, he didn't know all those people were going to go up to the Capitol and storm it. He said, go to the Capitol! Fight by combat! We're going to come get you! I mean, come on! Give me a break! Holy cow! I mean, it's incredible. How they go? They go chanting, hang Mike Pence, the vice president, on their side. Mike Pence stands loyal to Trump for four years. I mean, holy cow. He stood there with a straight face, with a smile. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love you, Mr. Trump. For four straight years, he stood by his side. And the one time he doesn't, because he is constitutionally obligated to do something that the president does not want him to do. Oh, well then, the blood. Now they're searching for blood. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. It just goes to show you that Trump and the people who have been manipulated to support him fully will do anything they can to help him, even if it means betraying those who they thought were on their side. When the Black Lives Matter protests were happening, the back of the summer, I mean, Trump was, you know, well, the Republicans are the law and order party. And this is unacceptable. It's Antifa. First off, I mean, it. We'll get in. That's a whole nother discussion about <laughs> Antifa. Give me a break. I mean, when you've got people uh, who went into the crowds, who supported the president, who were instigating some of that violence. I'm not saying it was all of it, but there were some instances there. He's not off clean there. But they're the law and order party. They they back the blue. The police are on their side. Well, when they were marching to the Capitol, when the police were in their way, the Capitol Police, D.C. Police, well, it didn't seem like they were on their side then. <laughs> they were going to do anything they could to get to the Vice President, Speaker of the House, Democrats, and what Trump called the weak Republicans. You know, the strong Republicans, they didn't need their help. Oh, the Ted Cruz's, the Josh Hawley's, they're strong. Oh, yeah, they, they're fighting for our country. The weak ones. I don't, the weak ones. They're the ones who they were after. Oh, now, the police are in their way. Well, they just say, you know, we're outnumbering you. We're doing this for our... Uh, go watch the videos. If you didn't see the 13-minute video that the impeachment managers put there for their opening briefs today. You have pause this podcast right now and go search for that video. It's 13 minutes long. It recaps what all happened on that day. It's absolutely incredible. Just in case you forgot and you, you start to think, oh, well, it wasn't so bad. Well, go take a look at that video stop the podcast right now and go watch it uh, you see what i mean in it in that video they're out there banging on the police squishing them a police officer died 
They didn't care about them. And they said, we're doing this for our leader. Who was their leader? Well, maybe it's the guy whose name is on all those flags, carrying the uh, machine guns, looking like Rambo. The guy who's on their hats and their shirts, because that makes you look cool. Oh, I got, I got a Trump flag. Look at that. I'm cool. <laughs> Give me a break. So they didn't care. And it was all for their leader. They said it. Donald Trump. Like, if he hadn't given that speech, he'd be off home free in Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> well, eh, home free. He's got other stuff coming for him. <laughs> but on this, uh, he could not, and this was just a recurring theme throughout his presidency, wasn't wasn't it? He couldn't shut his mouth. He couldn't put the phone down. He is obsessed. There is clearly something that is wrong with him. He just can't stop. And it's gotten him in all this trouble. <laughs> there you go. And I'm not saying that he should be punished. You know, clearly, this was his fault. He did this. If he hadn't been president in the first place... If he hadn't instigated that and said, come here, those people would have never come. Those people probably wouldn't have been radicalized to, be to believe the spew and the crap that he says each and every day. But it did happen. And so that's why we're here at the second impeachment trial of Donald Trump, the only president in the history of the country to have been impeached twice. Because he couldn't stop. He just... Couldn't stop. And so now the question is, now we're here, is he going to get convicted? The answer? Probably not. They had that vote today about the constitutionality of the trial, and the vote was six, I believe six Republican senators joined the Democrats and said this is a constitutional Impeachment, and that's the whole other thing that they're whining about. He's not president anymore. Uh, it's unconstitutional. Well, it's not unconstitutional. The Constitution doesn't say you can't do that. In fact, not to presidents, but to other elected officials, it has been done. I was watching the coverage today on Tuesday. In the afternoon, the Democrats, the House impeachment managers, were making their case, and one of the congressmen was talking about the history of impeachment here in the United States. And he described the first impeachment that ever happened in the U.S. was a senator from Tennessee in 1789, I believe, who was brought to trial by the Senate after he had left. Because that was, you know, conspiring with the British. I mean, <laughs> that was a long time ago. But they took up that trial. He was ultimately acquitted, but they took up that trial. It wasn't unconstitutional. That happened in 1789. Now we here we are in 2021. And the Constitution hasn't changed in that wording of impeachment. It's still the same. So if we're just going to let him go free because, oh, he's not president anymore. So what precedent does that set? 
Uh, what if Joe Biden? <laughs> All right, could you imagine Joe Biden in this? This is just, you know, this is just an example. If Joe Biden said in the last few weeks of his term, and he wasn't going to be in office any longer after the next inauguration day, he said, you know what? This election was stolen. You all need to go out there and tell Congress and get them and fight by combat and say this election was stolen from us. <laughs> Could you imagine doing that? But what if he had done that? Well, under the logic by the Republicans, uh, well, he's not president anymore. When the trial happens, let him let him go. We've got other stuff to worry about now. Yeah, other stuff like uh, repair on this country after four years. But <laughs> oh, 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 I'll get into that. But could you imagine if Barack Obama had done that? If he had said those words? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Just imagine. I mean, can you? Be- could you imagine? Ted Cruz, Mitch McConnell, all these people. They would be out for blood. Holy cow. <laughs> they would want him put in prison for life. They would have been impeached for what? Wearing a tan suit? <laughs> oh my gosh. I tell you what I mean. So 17 Republicans would need to join Democrats to convict Trump of the Senate. That would make a two-thirds majority. It'd be 67 votes. You got 50 Democrats. You've got 50 Republicans. So 17 Republicans would need to join the Democrats. And that doesn't look like it's going to happen after that vote, where six Republicans voted that it was constitutional. They've already made their minds up, these Republicans, without even hearing evidence, without even hearing the arguments by each case. Could you imagine if you were tried in a court, in a jury trial, and you knew that the jury... Already thought, oh, oh, I, before even the trial, oh, he's guilty, man. It, yeah, I mean, come on, he's guilty. That's what they've done. Preconceived notions, because it's Donald Trump. He's the leader of their party, and part of it is they're scared. These people are scared. What's going to happen if they vote to convict? Donald Trump, a man who is still popular, very popular in the Republican Party, which I have, I, I just don't get it. In 2017, Republicans held the White House and majorities in the Senate and the House. Fast forward four years, they don't hold any of those. The Democrats hold the White House and they hold the majorities in the House and the Senate. He lost all that power for that party in four years. That's the first time and since the 1930s, I believe, I saw that that's happened in a four-year span in this country. That's incredible. That's just incredible incompetence that the American people so resoundly reject you that Joe Biden got 80 million votes, the most by far of any candidate in the history of the United States of America. One of the highest turnout elections in modern history. The, that party, the Republican Party, the majority of the American people said, no, we can't take this anymore. 
and they still cling to this man who has brought them nothing but turmoil and loss of power. It's incredible. And he's brought the base of the Republican Party from moderate conservatism to far right wing, almost fascism, and QAnon. <laughs> There's a reason we're all talking about the Marjorie girl. <laughs> she won't get her last name said on this podcast, but the Marjorie girl. <laughs> holy, holy cow. You want to talk about a nut job. You want to talk about someone who's crazy. I've heard all this. AOC is crazy. Can you believe it? <laughs> I, oh, I don't get any, you know, evidence on that. But uh, you think AOC is crazy. Take a look at this chick. Oh, <laughs> look her up there. So that brings us back here to the trial. So after he's been convicted, they could have a simple vote. A vote that would only need 51 votes to pass. A vote that would bar Donald Trump from holding any federal office for the rest of his life. If he's convicted, if they have 51 votes. I mean, they've got 51 votes. They've got the tie. Democrats have the tiebreaker. they got the vice presidency. But it, it's not going to come to that. So he's going to have to be. <laughs> I mean, he's going to have to be. Charge somewhere else. I mean, he's got tons of stuff going on him that we, you know, can't even get into here. So, <laughs> holy cow. But now that brings me back to those moderate Republicans I was talking to you about, the ones who were the base of the Republican Party, the George Bushes. That was the Republican Party. And now it's off on this whole uh, Q tangent thing that's going on where the loyal Trumpers are now the base of the party and all the Republicans are scared of them, except for a couple. Uh, Liz Cheney, who is the sole congresswoman from Wyoming. They've only got that one congressional district. But she was one of the 10 Republican Congress members who voted to impeach Trump in the House. It was the most bipartisan impeachment vote in the history of the United States of America. Fact! Now, if Nixon had been impeached, that would have been. I mean, Nixon was going to get convicted. That's why he resigned before anything of that happened. But 10 Republicans voted to impeach Trump this time. And none voted to last time in the House. So 10 did this time, including Liz Cheney. And, you know, Liz Cheney, who's the third-ranking member of the Republican caucus in the House. She is looked up to among many Republicans in the House because she's in the leadership. But a lot, oh, I mean, she was getting the love from the Democrats, too. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you go, Liz Cheney. How about that? But we talked about the Marjories. The Matt Gates. <laughs> Matt Gates. Matt Gates. Quick Google search here Matt Gates, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> the similarities. Can you see him? But that far wing of the party that has now gained momentum and a voice because of the president, the former president, wanted to remove her from leadership. And so they held a vote to remove her. Uh, House Minority Leader and the leader of the Republicans, Kevin McCarthy, who's (laughs) – did you all see that thing where he was like, uh, well, I – you know, I don't know what this QAnon thing. Uh, did I even say it right? QAnon. <laughs> when somebody's like, "Oh, uh, did I say it right?" I don't. I, 
Come on. I mean, what is wrong with him? He made that vote secret. So we don't know how the members of the Republicans caucus voted. But what we do know, it was an overwhelming majority that voted to keep Cheney in leadership. And so she goes out, says a few words after, right after the vote, she says, we had a great uh, vote tonight, great victory. And then she says, now we need to unite as a party to fight the dangerous and negative Democratic policies. <laughs> Unity. It doesn't make any sense. How about that? Bipartisanship. Ooh, yeah, Liz Cheney. <laughs> so there, there it goes down the drain. I mean, it's incredible. The party that's preaching unity that, you know, in 2017, they said, who, who cares what you think, Democrats? We've got the majority. We're going to go slam this through. We're going to slam anything we can through down your throats, and you're going to take it. But now they're in the minority. Oh, please, please. I mean, we do. Bipartisanship, please. Give me a break. Same thing that happened in 2009. Democrats aren't going to make that same mistake again. Hopefully not. <laughs> Come on, Chuck Schumer. But all that junk, I tell you what, I mean, so much going on with him. It's just crazy. And then, Friday. Oh, sad news happened on Friday. Did you all hear this? Our good old pal, Lou, Lou, Lou Dobbs got canceled <laughs> fox canceled his show lou dobbs tonight holy cow i don't know if you all watched that show but holy cow i've said holy cow a lot that was incredible i haven't been to china or north korea or russia or any of this so i haven't seen up close state propaganda tv but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. That's exactly what it's like. The Lou Dobbs show for Donald Trump. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Fox canceled his show. They said it was a post-election programming change. That's the highest rated show on the Fox Business Channel. Programming change. Here's the thing that happened. So on Thursday, an election technology company sued them. Fox News. Now, if you've been hearing about the Fox News, uh, they're all talking about, oh, Dominion and the servers, the voting fraud. You know, none of that is true. It's all baseless conspiracy junk, and that's what Lou and others, Maria Bartiromo, Tucker, Hannity, Ingram, all those people, Judge Janine, they all spout, and they were all named in the lawsuit, including uh, guys like Rudy. Rudy was in there, Giuliani. So this election technology company Smartmatic, who was also being talked about by them, they sue Fox News for $2.7 billion. What I don't understand is why just Lou Dobbs when, you know, all those other ones spout the same stuff. But this is what they did back in the summer. Trish Reagan, you remember her? <laughs> she was on Fox News, Fox Business, spouting coronavirus conspiracies and they were scared of a lawsuit then they said yeah you're out so it looks like they just pick one individual 
And it looks like, you know, but I'm also, I mean, this notion that Fox News has gone liberal. <laughs> they're, they're headed to the left. We've got to go to Newsmax, OAN, Breitbart, Fox News. They're mainstream. What are you talking about? If you're saying that you haven't watched Fox News, let me tell y'all something. I have had, oh, the pleasure of watching some Fox News over these last few months. It ain't liberal. <laughs> it ain't going left. Just take a look. Lou Dobbs was talking about Lou Dobbs was talking about how this election was rigged. It was, oh my gosh, this president, our dear leader, one of the greatest presidents in the history of the United States of America. He's done so much for everyone. Why aren't you bending down and thanking him? And then Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, they're spouting the same stuff. When I'm recording right now, Sean Hannity's on. It's about 9 o'clock Eastern time. What do you think Sean Hannity's talking about? He's spouting lies. Right-wing lies. Just go take a look. All these people. I was watching. I had it on in the background it was a couple days after biden's inauguration so he was already president this was the 11 a.m show they they talk about fox news daytime uh being more moderate so they just start the 11 a.m show top of the hour Fox News alert. Migrant caravan heading up Central America. What is Joe Biden going to do to stop these illegals? Remember that caravan in uh, 2018 that was coming before the election? And it was almost here. Oh. And then the election happened and the blue wave happened. And it just, where'd it go? Uh, it might still be coming. <laughs> it go. These lies. That they spread right-wing propaganda fascism lies to sum it all up i mean we're just gonna let them off easy donny boy you know there was another man yeah I'm, I'm going here in the 1930s the early 1930s in a little country called germany there was another man who led a plot to overthrow the legislature in Germany. It didn't work. And he was let off easy. He was put in jail, but let off easy. And he wrote a book in that jail. And then he was set free. And then guess what happened? He tried again. And he did it. If you don't know who I'm talking about, that man was Adolf Hitler. I, I mean... So we're just going to let them off easy. All these Republican senators. And, you know, let me tell you about the whole Senate thing that's going on right now. Because on Monday, we got word that Republican Senator Richard Shelby would be the fourth Republican senator to retire this term. He's from Alabama. So now you say, well, Zener, what the heck are you talking about? Uh, Alabama senator. I mean, <laughs> Doug Jones did win, but that was against the pedophile and a special election. I mean, you know, the 
stars aligned for the Democrats for Doug Jones to win. But it's it's more than that. He is the fourth one. And here are the three others. Pat Toomey from Pennsylvania, a state Joe Biden won. Richard Burr from North Carolina, a state that was very, very close. And Rob Portman from Ohio, seen as a battleground state, announced they would retire previously. So now those three states are in play for the Senate. And the Senate is tied. It's at a 50-50 split. Now, if you remember, this is, you know, previous history, but it's really a historical trend where the party that's in power, their first midterm, they don't win, to put it lately. The really only exception in our time is uh, 2002. You know, that was the time when we were all united as a country and George Bush had a super high approval rating. That was insane. That's a great. Has George Bush had the greatest swing in approval ratings? What was his? 80, 90%, and he ended with like 20 something? <laughs> Holy cow. But 2010, Obama's first midterm. Republicans win 60 seats in the House. They smacked the Democrats to win the House majority. 2014, that midterm, Democrats were still in the White House, Obama, and they won the Senate, the Republicans did. 2018, Trump's only midterm. Democrats, the blue wave, that happened. They won the House. So there is this trend that the party in power does not do well in their first midterm elections. But here's the thing, and I know... Americans are known for having short attention spans, but are they really going to forget about this? Eh, probably. <laughs> I mean, we'll see about that. You talk about, I mean, Trump's approval rating, what was it? It was getting down there. It was in the low 30s. It was getting close to the 20s by the time he left. And now, Joe Biden's approval rating is in the 50s and 60s is what I was seeing. He's got, for this day and age... An overwhelming majority of Americans behind him right now. And maybe that's just, you know, this is the first few weeks. We're in the first 100 days. Maybe that's, you know, oh, thank goodness Trump's not gone. And in a year or in a few months from now, that'll be totally different. But for now, Joe Biden is a very popular president. We'll see what he can get done in these next few weeks and months and years with a Democratic Congress. But then in the Senate, the Republicans also have to defend states like Wisconsin or Ron Johnson. I mean, oh God, do you think the people in Wisconsin really like Ron Johnson? He just voted to overturn the results of a free and fair election. Florida, Marco Rubio, little Marco. <laughs> Who likes Marco? And in Iowa, Chuck Grassley. Chuck Grassley is tweeting at dead birds. <laughs> They've got to defend those states, and the three states that I found for Democrats, which I think will be easy for them, maybe one of them will be difficult, Georgia, Raphael Warnock, but I think he's a really good candidate. There's a reason. There's a reason Democrats won in Georgia in January. You know, that wasn't a fluke. Arizona, Mark Kelly. Kelly, he smacked around Martha McSally in that election. How about that? In Arizona. And Arizona's got two Democratic senators. And in New Hampshire, New Hampshire was the 
third most competitive one I found with Maggie Hassan. I mean, come on. Really? New Hampshire's not going to vote a Republican for Senate. So the Senate map looks really favorable for Democrats. A lot of those seats, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Florida, and this was the 2016 map. So Democrats thought, well, we can get back the House majority with Hillary Clinton to get back those seats, and that didn't happen. So now we're back here six years later. Their six-year terms are ending. You know, what is this signal for the GOP? You've got four retirements in the Senate. They don't hold any power. The Senate map looks bad. You've got the historical trend on your side, but uh, what does history mean right now? We are making history. <laughs> oh, geez, I tell you what, man. How about all this impeachment stuff? I will not bore you any longer, but I tell you what, I, I, you know, like I said before, I mean, don't go all crazy on me. Don't call. <laughs> He's a socialist. He's a commie. Ah! <laughs> like I said, those are my facts. Zener's facts. My opinions, I guess. And we're going to have others on this podcast who agree and disagree. It's going to be Xander's facts where others bring their facts to. So don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> so here we go. We are getting, we had this big game that happened on Sunday. I hope you watched it. I know, I know some of you did not. I don't know why. I mean, uh, taking a look at those ratings, what was it? The lowest rating for a Super Bowl since 1969? The least watched since 2007 i mean geez louise uh but i watched it and my special guest watched it the goose goose is here oh boy you all are going to be excited i've got goosington nanos on to talk big game with me here we go Sanders packs all right Welcome back to Xander's Facts. I've got a special guest here with me. It's the Goose. Goose, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing amazing. You are the first ever guest on Xander's Facts. How about that? How does that make you feel? Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. So you're here to talk about the get big game that we saw last night, the Chiefs yeah. and the Buccaneers. So we, we watched it together. So what did you think? I thought it was not really close, but it was pretty good to watch. The halftime show wasn't too good, though. No, I didn't think the halftime show was very good either. I I had big expectations for that halftime show, and it was yeah. terrible. Yeah, from 10 to 0, I'm writing it 0. How good it was. Oh, you're, you're putting it at a 0. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's talk about the game. Uh, the yep. final score was uh, Tampa Bay 31, Kansas City 9. We kind of had a little thing going because you had picked Tampa Bay to win, yep. and I picked Kansas City. So we were kind of arguing about that, but you pulled out victorious in the end. Yeah, let's go. So how much of the game did you actually watch? Uh, not that much. <laughs> I got kind of bored of it. All right, okay. Uh, what about the commercials? What do you think about the commercials? Those are pretty good. I ate Doritos while watching them. <laughs> those, how about those Doritos 3D? 
We need to get the Usu. <laughs> I need to get the um. Like, we've been eating 2D Doritos for so long. We gotta eat 3D Doritos. Yeah, 3D Doritos might be better. All right, so uh, focusing more on the game. I mean, it was a, it was a. Not even a, close. No, it wasn't. It was a 22 point game, which is. I guess not really a blowout, but it just felt like a blowout. I mean, Kansas City wasn't doing anything on offense. They had no touchdowns, only three field goals. That's how they got their nine points. And Tom Brady was rolling. He had three touchdowns and no picks. When I was talking about last week, I said, well, Tom Brady hasn't been playing so great, so I don't think he's going to play well. But he had a great game. So, Goose, um, Tom Brady is 43 years old. (laughs) <laughs> he had a great Super Bowl performance. How long do you think he's going to keep playing at 43 years old? Probably to like 44. Oh, 40. He's got him going one more year. <laughs> he says he wants to play until 45, so we'll see. But he had another, he had a great game 21 for 29, 201 yards, three touchdowns, uh, no picks, as I said. He had an 81.8 QBR, which is. I mean that's all right, but their offense was really helped by their that that Tampa Bay defense. They ran over that Kansas City offensive line, which I said I said might bring some troubles, and it totally did, Goose. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what other takeaways do you have from the game? Just the overall experience. Well, it was kind of good. It wasn't really that interesting to watch. It wasn't close at all. So I didn't think it was too interesting. It was pretty bad. Not really that good. Would it That's have been better think. if the uh, if your Hawks were playing? Yeah, my Hawks. <laughs> we call them Seahawks, but I call them Hawks. <laughs> okay. They've played in some good Super Bowls, though. The one where they beat Denver and, well, the one that the goal line. Marshawn Lynch and, you know, run the football. They threw the football, was intercepted. (laughs) But, I mean, going back to this game, I mean, Kansas City offense stuttered. It looked like in the second half they were going to march down the field and score and make this a game, but they got stalled close to red zone. I don't think they got there in that first drive. But, I mean, Patrick Mahomes got stuffed. And it wasn't really his fault. He was playing pretty well. 26 for 49, 270 yards, but no touchdowns and two picks. But as, like I was saying uh, last week with Brady in the NFC Championship, those were bad picks for Brady. Those were picks where it was the quarterback's fault and not the receiver's fault. These were really the receiver's fault. I mean, they were dropping balls all over the place, Goose. Yeah, they literally were. And they only had a 49.9 QBR rating. I mean, I don't know. But they really... Like I said, I thought they wouldn't rely on the rushing game a lot because of that offensive line. They had two big guys out for them. But Edward Zelaer got 64 yards on nine carries. But it was really the receiving. Travis Kelsey got 10 catches for 133 yards. Tyreek Hill got seven catches for 73 yards. But I tell you what, Goose, they were dropping balls all over the place. And that was that's not Patrick Mahomes' fault. That's the receiver's fault. It just felt like yeah. they weren't prepared. Like, they had two weeks to prepare. They weren't prepared to play the Super Bowl. Yeah, they should have done some practicing. <laughs> they should have done. They, they were probably out partying too much. How about that? Yeah. 
And then some of them could got COVID and then everything would have went bad. Oh, so. yeah. Well, how about this? I don't know if you heard this, but last week they um, the T, the Kansas City Chiefs were getting their haircut by a barber who was at the facilities that they have for the team. And so in the middle of one of the offensive linemen getting a haircut, they uh, told the barber that he had a positive COVID test or an inconclusive COVID test. <laughs> so he got half of his haircut and then he had to, they had to stop. So he, <laughs> I didn't see him that? playing. Uh, I believe it was Daniel Kilgore. I'm pretty sure who that was. One of the offensive linemen, but he, <laughs> I mean, I heard this story. So in the middle of his haircut, he only had half his haircut. He had to get out yeah, or he had to stop <laughs> his haircut. I mean, <laughs> hope he had to get his haircut somewhere else, I guess. Yeah. Hopefully that wouldn't have, <laughs> that wouldn't have looked too good. Oh boy. But how about this for Tampa Bay? So Tom Brady had three touchdowns. Leonard Fournette had one on the ground. He had 16 carries for 89 yards. Uh, Ronald Jones to go along with that 12 carries, 61 yards. Uh, LaShawn McCoy didn't even, how about this? I saw this stat this morning. LaShawn McCoy has played in two straight Super Bowls. He's won two straight of those games and he hasn't even played. <laughs> he hasn't even taken a snap in any of them. He's just been on the winning team. So how about that case? That's a big fact. Okay, let's move on. Oh, let's talk about it. I don't know what to do. <laughs> talk about this. Well, I mean, you take a look at the turnover margin. Kansas City had two turnovers. Tampa Bay had none. And then, you know, as I said, those were not really Mahomes' fault. But the other stats, I mean, they look even. Kansas City had 350 yards. Tampa Bay only had 340. Tampa Bay only had um, the ball for three minutes longer. They had four more first downs. Tampa Bay did. So the stats don't really tell you that this was a big blowout of a game, even though it was thirty-one to nine. Do you think it would? Did you think it would have been closer before? Yeah, like yeah, I thought it would be since like I'm pretty sure Kansas City had three and like uh, Tampa Bay only had like zero. So I thought it would be close then in the first quarter. Yeah. What about um, before the game? Did you think it would have been? What was your prediction before the game started? I thought Tampa Bay would like win, but barely. Barely, and they 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 blew them out. I mean, how about that? Yeah, I had no idea before the game went sir. Yeah, well, Brady. I mean, he has three. He had three touchdowns. He threw those touchdowns to Gronk in the first half. Gronk had two touchdowns. The guy who came out of retirement this year to play with his good old pal Brady. And he gets six catches for 67 yards and two touchdowns. And Antonio Brown got five catches for 22 yards and a touchdown. So how about that? All right, Goose. So the MVP of the game was Tom Brady. He won the MVP. He also won a seventh Super Bowl on his 10th try. But who was your MVP of the game? Is it Brady? Sure. I don't really care. <laughs> you don't, Oh, you don't care? Okay. No, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I was totally off on everything. I thought, <laughs> I thought Tyreek Hill was going to be MVP. I think, I think I predicted the score to be forty-two twenty-seven. Yeah, forty-two twenty-seven. Kansas City was favored by three. I got all that wrong. <laughs> oh no! Uh, but the game, this was the first game 
the first Super Bowl where or where a team played at their home stadium because the game was in Tampa and the Buccaneers play at that stadium for their home games. So even with, what do they say, 25,000 people there, um, Goose, do you think that playing at their home field gave the Buccaneers an advantage? I don't know what advantage would be because it would basically be like a normal football team, just more people cheering for you. Yeah. Well, and a lot of it was um, there were a lot of healthcare workers there too. They tried to, you know, space everyone out. Yeah, since I saw the game and there was a lot of people sitting close to each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Random people. Oh, don't, don't talk about that. But there were a no, lot of cardboard not- cardboard cutouts too. We should have gotten you on a cardboard cutout. Sure. It's only $100. Uh, not worth it. Uh, not worth it. You would have been on TV. A hundred million people watched that. What are you talking about? Not worth it. The entire world doesn't watch it. Well, no, but most of the, most of the U.S. does. That's a lot of people. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yes, this response there. Nice response. Okay. Yeah, so how about the over-under 56 points? Uh, didn't get anywhere close. Only got forty points. I thought it was going to go over by a lot, and I think most people did probably bet the over because they thought Kansas City and Tampa Bay were just going to keep exchanging points. That didn't happen. The Tampa Bay defense just stifled that Kansas City offense. I mean, it was pretty astonishing to watch. I'll say that. Uh, how about this goose? Sarah Thomas was uh, one of the referees for the game. She is the first woman to referee in NFL uh, Super Bowl. How about that? Wait, so she was the first referee to do it? Is that what you're saying? She's the first female referee. Oh, yeah, that, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Could you, all right, be honest with me for a second. How much, how much of the game do you think you watched, actually? Like half of it? Uh, oh, like half. I thought it was. I watched the end. Oh, okay. Yeah, the end. The end, the worst part of the game, of course, was uh, the part you watched. To wrap this up, overall takeaway. So I saw, all right, so what's your overall takeaway on the game? What do you think? Is Tampa Bay going to repeat next year? Do the same this year? Absolutely just destroy Kansas City. And if they do that to another team, yeah, I think they'll win. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There is a rumor, though. I saw that rumor on the pregame show where, um, if Tampa Bay had won the game, their head coach, Bruce Arians, might step aside and let the defensive coordinator, Todd Bowles, uh, coach the team next year. So that'll be interesting. I like Bruce, though. He's a he's a hokey, so I like that. But I asked you that because I wanted to see, or I saw the stats they had for next year, um, who was favored in Las Vegas. And I think it was the Chiefs and the Packers and the Buccaneers were the top three. So I <laughs> put you on the spot there early. You know, all right, Goose. I think we got a lot in, a lot of informative. Thank you for being the first guest ever on Xander's Packs. I appreciate it. Thanks, <laughs> Xander's Packs. <laughs> oh boy! Thanks again to the Gooseified Nanos for uh, joining me, the first ever guest on Xander's Packs. We're gonna have more. So don't worry, it won't just be me on these episodes. Uh, We're going to have some of my buds each week. But that's going to do it here for the Xander's Facts podcast, episode two. And don't ask me what we're going to talk about next week because I have no clue. (laughs) Football's over, man. 
Oh, it's going to be a really eventful offseason, though. I mean, that Stafford trade that we talked about last week was just the beginning. <laughs> we're going to get into that in the next few weeks. Probably some college basketball. Impeachment's still going to be happening, so we're still going to be talking about that. I appreciate you all for listening this past hour. Remember to follow, like on the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Xander's Facts is that handle. Subscribe, download, five star rating, positive review. Don't hurt my feelings, please. <laughs> And remember, spread the word, tell your friends, put it on the social medias everywhere, Xander's Facts. We're enlightening the masses. Let's enlighten some more masses. Appreciate you all. We'll see you next week. This has been Xander, Xander's Facts. Ha, loser!